young Thomas. Thank you for emphasizing the obvious. That's right, buddy. You're the captain of the obvious, are you not? Captain obvious. Now, look, my friend, we hear about fake news all the time, right? Are we going to play that game? No, no. But we're also talking about the New York Times is the main arbiter of fake news. That's what we hear anyway, right? Well, I got to this time come on the side of the president. I read this article from the New York Times this week, and I think this is fake news. Tell me what you think. The article said that couples are no longer celebrating their first days of wedded bliss watching sunsets together. They're booking separate solo vacations or what they're calling uni-moons, where they go by themselves. One in four Americans actually get more out of travel by doing it alone. I think we've reached peak millennial. What do you think? I don't think that's fake news. I think that's totally real. So much for the death do us part, right? <laughs> Maybe that keeps people more enamorous when, you know, the Wait a minute, heart how do grows you... fonder. When you go away, you come back home. She wants you even more, right? I tend to go places on my own, so... You said you understand this. No, I'm talking about these are newlyweds. Oh, honeymoons. Yeah. But, you know, the schedule doesn't always open up doors for us to get away when we want to get away. I can just imagine these conversations. Hey, honey, I've got first class tickets to Paris. Great. When do we leave? And then the husband goes, what do you mean we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an example. My wife is getting ready to go today. I'm going to be taking her to the airport in a little while. She's going to visit her family in Miami, and she's going to be gone six days. And I know after about 12 hours, I'm going to start missing her. Mikey the Bachelor. <laughs> I'm, I'm batching it. But uh, yeah, and so guess what? By the what? time she gets home, oh, it's going to be a mess in here. No, it's going to be a mess at home, but your heart is going to grow fonder. See? Right. You just made your own point. Now, did you and Karen go on a honeymoon? Yeah. Where'd you go? We went to St. Croix, the Virgin Islands. Oh. And the irony about everything with our marriage is it's all gone. <laughs> what the? the? The hotel that we stayed at oh, in the Virgin Islands hurricane? Got, blew away, huh. got blown away by a hurricane. What time of the year was this? It was in June. Okay, that's not hurricane season. No, but I'm saying after we left. Right. So the hotel's not there anymore. The hall that... We had our wedding reception at. It's not there anymore. The church that we got married in isn't there anymore. Oh, is that <laughs> that's that's like a bad omen for the marriage, but it hasn't worked that way, has it? Hasn't worked that way. We've stayed true and strong for a very long time, and it's a beautiful thing. There you go. I really believe in marriage. Me too. I don't know. I, I just find it hard to believe that a couple just said their I do's, and then they go to different, one of them leaves for a, a trip by themselves. What do they call that again? Unimoons. A unimoon. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a honeymoon. A unimoon. <laughs> I'll give you a unimoon. <laughs> Here's one cheek only. <laughs> uh, Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, for years, there's that uh, stereotype that Russians drink, right? And they only drink what? Vodka. Do you know that 30% of all deaths in that country last year were attributed to alcohol? It's a depressing place. Alcohol poisoning, cirrhosis of the liver, accidents, and suicides were the four top ways to die. Do you know what the life expectancy is for a man in Russia is today? No. Take a guess. 68. 64. Really? Think about that. Here, listen to this. The average Russian, the average Russian, take a guess what he drinks in vodka a year. You mean how much? Yes. How much in a year does the average the male You're vodka? talking about consumption? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with 
20 gallons. Oh, that's no, that's that's a lot. It's four gallons. Okay. 20 gallons is a lot. So it's the difference between a Ford F-150 and a Mini Cooper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's the thing. They've convinced Russian people that drinking vodka cures radiation poisoning. That's what I think. And even though that life expectancy is 64, if you're a critic of Putin, take another 10 years off that. Exactly. Right? Especially if you're playing in an all-female girl band called Pussy Riot. <laughs> Who do you think invented Russian roulette? They're so bored, all they do is drink all the time. They're Why drunk. do you think that is? I think that they've got a, a corrupt country ever since they've been in existence. It's been ruled by bad leaders that take all the money from the top, that people struggle to I make I think all that's true, but in other countries where you, you have all that going on, you don't see that kind of longevity rate being so low, I wouldn't think. I could be wrong, but it seems to me the fact that the sun hardly ever shines in Russia— might have something to do with it. I'm telling you right now. Maybe they drink because they're forced to see Putin without a shirt on all the time. That is kind of depressing. It's pretty cheap to drink vodka and much lower than buying a bottle of vodka here in the United States. So it makes it cheap. And I don't know. They, you're I right. don't drink vodka. Don't know really too much about it. How about I do, you? I do drink vodka. That's my drink. That and Jack Daniels. Don't you have to keep it in the freezer? Or no, that, you know, people that are into doing that you just because it's kind of hip to do that. But you don't have to do that. Russians have a problem and life expectancy is low. I hate to taste of vodka. You do? I do. Well, you don't drink it straight. Yes, some people do. I know, but you put it over, like I like it with, I squeeze a couple lemons, a lot of ice. Mmm. You know? No. Not <laughs> I don't. Ha not happening. I'm not a, really a hardcore drinker like you. <laughs> there's, there's, only, there's only one liquor that I can't take the taste. I just spit it out. It's scotch. I've never acquired a taste for scotch. Okay. Have you? No, not you're, at all. You're a wine man. I I'm know a that. wine man, and, and the only time I ever cross over is, you know, maybe a margarita in the summertime mm. with some good silver Patron, right? Yeah, baby. Or right before Christmas. Eggnog. Eggnog <laughs> mixed in with what? That fireball bourbon. Oh, man. That is really good. I know it's early, but I feel like a drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you, my wife and I on the weekends, we go, is it five o'clock yet? Because we're very good about that. You're one of the few people that actually set your alarm for 5 p.m. instead That's of right 5 a.m., right? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like that when the warmer weather comes, you get out there in the Adirondack chairs, you're out in your backyard, you get a little sun on the face, and you got a nice glass of vodka. Or a cool the, one. Or the wife got a wine, and you're sitting there listening How to How about bird. beer? You're not a real beer guy, right? I love beer, you know, when I'm really like a lunchtime, when in the summer, when I'm hot and I've been working out in the yard or something like that. But I'm not one of these guys that can drink more than one or two beers at a time. I know friends of mine that can do a whole six pack and they don't get bloated. I get bloated on one or two beers. How about you? Only time I don't get bloated is when I'm working and drinking beer. Okay. It's like, you know, when I'm up on the roof of the Shawshank prison <laughs> and I'm tarring that roof and... Andy Dufresne offers me a cool one. Yep. Nothing better, my friend. Nothing better. All right. So everybody listening to this is going to have a cocktail right now on, to <laughs> on Tom and Mike. They need to do a lot of drinking to get through this. Uh, That's right. Tom and Mike. Do you ever consider asking yourself the question, when adulthood actually begins? When does adulthood actually begin? Yep. I'm going to just take a spitball here. Now, this is according to what? Scientists? This is a new Cambridge University study. All right. Give me a second. How about 
the big 3-0. Man, I don't know. You must be, be the amazing, you've heard of the amazing Kreskin, the amazing Kenskin, because that is right on the money. Three. Really? They just did a, they just found a study. Adults' brain is not fully grown until we're about 30 years old. When we're in our 20s, it's still growing. I'm still waiting for mine to mature. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this the other day. I'm still 17 between the ears. Yep. And down there, too, by the way. So now we know that if 18 is the new 30, what does that mean? 30 is the new 18? There you go. And yet, <laughs> for some countries, presidents, their brains aren't fully grown even in their 70s. Are we agree to that? No, we can definitely agree to that. <laughs> Me want wall. <laughs> I always thought 30 is, is also when your life starts to leak away from you, you know? All these start, things start to happen, right? If you're a professional ball player, right? Well, yeah. But I think for most people, adulthood actually begins after having kids, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because you could be 28 years old, and maybe your brain's not fully formed, but a couple kids and a wife to feed, and all of a sudden, that's right. you're pretty much of an adult, right? You can relate to that. I know. I, I woke up when I was 33 years old, and I said, oh, no, <laughs> I'm 33 years old. I've got a wife and three kids, and I'm in radio. Well, how old were you when your first kid came? 27. And here your brain wasn't fully formed. Yeah. And so, you know, it didn't really bother me. But the right. idea that all of a sudden I'm an adult. So, yeah, I think for me personally, it was 33. And for you, someone who's never had kids. That's yeah. the, my brain still isn't formed yet. That's right. There you go. <laughs> and I can definitely oh. attest to that. Tom and Mike. You've worked at many radio stations. A lot of people in those radio stations has young Tom Ken or even older Tom Ken ever had sex at work? Oh, that is a really good question. This is why you're right. I should write a book. <laughs> Uh-oh. It sounds like yeah. a yes. I'm talking way before Karen, you know, the early days of Tom Kent doing Top 40 radio. Yes. Right. The answer is yes, while I was actually on the air speaking. Oh, did you remember what song you put on so you could have a couple minutes? It wasn't a Beatles song. I, I like... don't remember the song, but I definitely remember what was going on during the song. <laughs> well, they did a poll of 4,000 Americans, and 14% confessed to having sex at work. One in five revealed they had been caught literally with their pants down. That didn't happen to you, did it? No. 92% said it made them happier and more productive at work. Could you say yes to that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> one in 10 said I sounded they, so good when that was happening. One in 10 said they did it with the boss. Was that you? No. And 34% they did it to further their career. Was that you? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> because, see, here's the thing. If I had been caught in the act, oh, yeah, it would have been over. And that's the kind of thing in the radio business that would spread like wildfire. Yeah, and the good news for me was... I worked in the evening. I was like the night guy at most of these radio stations. So nobody was around. You were the only one at the station. Right. I used to let in girls and we used to have a good time. Was this a radio groupie? Sometimes. It wasn't another female employee. Oh, no, no. Okay. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. Yeah. You know, my wife asked me if I ever had sex at work, but I said, no, never. Then again, I worked as a dock worker when I was single. So A dock worker? Yeah, there you go. You're not going to make love to a dock worker, are you? Uh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say the number one place to have sex at work is a handicapped bathroom. Because when's the last time you actually saw a handicapped person in the bathroom, right? I got to admit, sometimes when other bathrooms are occupied, I go in there. Is that bad? <laughs> I think so. You know what they say? Don't dip your pen in the company ink. You've been told that, haven't you? Yeah. No, I never did that. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't think I did. Anyway. And too many men think when their wife says, have a nice day when they're off to work, doesn't mean having a fling with the 38 double D receptionist, right? <laughs> well, was that who it was? You know, come to think of it. <laughs> there you go. Remember that TV show, WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, I used to love that. That was before yeah, my yeah. time. It, it, that was kind of the thing back in the day, radio stations. And I think stations that still have receptionists. I know this is very sexist, but nine times out of ten, they're really hot, right? Right. So, yeah, I I do remember a couple of places I worked where I got very close to the receptionist. <laughs> See, here we, we just came up with another it was chapter. All, it was all business, though, all business. We just came up with another chapter on your book. That's what I said. I'm telling you, buddy, you have a book. I should be your agent. You should be my Asian? Agent. <laughs> you told me to enunciate. I should be your agent, too, the way you treat me. <laughs> oh. Tom and Mike. A little bit earlier, we were talking about marriage and love and all that. Do you know people who don't find love have shorter lifespans? Wow. You can relate to it. I mean, you can't relate to it, but you can understand that, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and this is why people are so into dating online. Do you know that globally, 57 million people use Tinder? Yes, I did know that, as a matter of fact. That's becoming a really big thing. Back to your earlier story about Russian men having a short lifespan, what, 64, something like that? Yep. Have you noticed how many really beautiful Russian women are trying to get to the United States or looking yeah. for American, you know, husbands or right. partners or whatever, right? Right. So maybe that's it. The women are leaving them. That's why they're dying early. We figured it out. That's right, buddy. So many people today, remember there used to be a stigma about going online and going on dating. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I mean, if you are single again, God forbid, would you ever consider doing something like that? That's a good question. Probably not. You know, for me, I think the <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Go ahead. A good place to meet a nice girl would be church, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're know. nuts. I'm you still know living in Mayberry. You really are. No, that wouldn't be where I want to meet him. No, sorry. You want, but, you know, it's the age old. You want the angel outside of the bedroom. You want the devil in the bedroom. That's, you know, that's going to be hard for me to find. Right. I still haven't found that, by the way. <laughs> Even well, though I love my wife. Right. I wouldn't. How about you? No. No. I, I, I you know. I, never say never. Yeah. But God forbid we ever have to be in that situation. I would never join that online dating app because I prefer to meet someone the old-fashioned way, through alcohol and poor judgment, right? <laughs> <laughs> People aren't realistic either. I once had a friend tell me that he, he got a match on Tinder and then said, so you could say things are getting really serious. <laughs> aren't they, they're nuts, aren't they, Thomas? I heard that the first time, the match on Tinder. Right. I thought it was going to go up in flames. <laughs> you got a million of them, don't you? I do. Tip your waitresses. They'll be here all week. <laughs> Tom and Mike. It seems like we're having a, a love married theme today because there was an article I read on anniversaries. Do you know? I mean, you've been married a while. Do you have any idea what some of the uh, gifts are? For example, if you've been married one year, what are you supposed to get your wife or your spouse? No clue. You're going to have to inform us all because I never really looked into this. Should I turn on the Google machine? No, to... the first is paper, which is, I mean, you can see there's a, there's a. The first is what? Paper. Paper? I guess you get her a roll of fax paper or something. I don't know. Fax paper. After 10 years. Paper. Yeah. At 10 years, 
if moved up to 10 what, what or What do you mean by paper? It just says paper. I don't know. Paper. You got to look into this stuff. It said don't paper. Don't ask questions. Come on, tell me. What is paper? <laughs> the newspaper. The maybe New York Times. Maybe it's wrapping paper. Maybe it's some nice, yeah, some hey, nice wrapping. open up some wrapping paper. Here's your one-year anniversary gift. For 10 years, it's tin or aluminum. So we've made a really nice jump. After 20 years, it's China. 40 years, it's a ruby. And after 50 years, gold. And 60 years, a diamond. I think they should be inverted. You should get the diamond after one year. Because what do you have to look forward to? Might as well get it while you have it, right? That's always been my philosophy. Do, now, do you and Karen celebrate? Claire and I really don't. It's no big deal to us. Maybe we'll go out to dinner. But do you? Yeah, we go out to dinner. That's about it. They say that it's always so helpful to remember the past in a positive light and to create new memories by, you know, acknowledging your anniversary. And it's a time to start things together. So they say to do it. Have you ever seen folks that have been married seemingly forever and then all of a sudden they get a divorce and you go, what? Yeah. It seems very strange. That's because they find out they're a man, baby. No. Oh, it could be. No. You don't think so? No. <laughs> So when has that happened? Are the kids finally out of the house? Yeah. That could be one of them. They stayed together for the kids. Oh. You know? Is this what's happening to my marriage? <laughs> <laughs> we had this humongous fight. About? When the kids come around, she goes gaga, right? Still? Yeah. Wow. What a, And what so, a... you know, one of the kids mouths off to me, and it upsets me. Guess what? Right. She takes the kid's side. That's bad, right? Depends on if you were wrong. I wasn't wrong. Okay. Then she should be like Switzerland and neutral. That's what I say. Right? But she wants the kids to love her more. <laughs> See, here's what happens, right? All right. We won't talk about that. All right. But you ever notice that drugstores understand how difficult marriages and anniversaries can be? Do you notice that the anniversary cards are right next to sympathy cards? <laughs> yeah, really? You ever notice that? Yeah. Uh, and also, do you know wedding ring is the smallest handcuff ever made? Smallest, itty bitty little handcuff there. I only wear my wedding ring when I go out in public. How about you? Actually, it's just the opposite. <laughs> no. Oh, you're a terrible man. I am a terrible man. I'm taking Karen's side. Tom and Mike.